Thank you for joining us for episode 381 of Live Happy Now. We've hit the end of summer, and for many people, that means dealing with end-of-summer anxiety. And it's not just for kids anymore. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week I'm talking with Ellie Weinstein, a social work therapist and host of the Dude Therapist podcast, who is here to talk about how we all can handle that end-of-summer anxiety and head into fall with a brand new game plan. Ellie, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. Well, this is a great topic for us to talk about because it's the end of summer, and that means end of summer anxiety. Uh, so we are already living in a time when anxiety is really high. So what is it about the end of summer that then increases that a little bit? You know, I think when we have the summer mentality, we kind of take a step back, relax a little bit, take our uh, foot off the gas a lot and uh, relax. I remember when I was in grad school or even in college and I actually had summers off, going back into the quote unquote real world was so scary because you haven't had to do it for about two and a half months. Right. So for a lot of people getting back into the swing of things or even if they haven't been off, but their kids have been off, getting back into that routine again, it is something that scares a lot of people, myself included. <laughs> yeah, because it does disrupt the parents. As parents, we've gotten used to a slower pace. You don't have to get the kids up, get them out the door, get them to school necessarily. And now that's all getting back into this more serious mindset. So what are some of the ways that parents respond to that? What kind of anxiety are they feeling? Well, overwhelmed, right? It's the overwhelmed feeling of, oh my goodness, I have to go back and shop and go to the stores and get them new clothes and stock up the, you know, the fridge and the, you know, the cabinets with all the different odds and ends that your kids might need. And then it means less free time to you, less relaxed time for you, because now you got to be on from the second that clock turns a certain time in the morning. It is just go, go, go all day. And it's not as relaxed. So you know, the hardest part for parents is that morning get out and that nighttime put down to bed, mm. right? And when you don't have to do it for a couple of months, you kind of get used to that and you forget the stress that comes with it. And then all of a sudden it comes creeping in like a little spider right into your mind about the idea of like, oh, here we go again. It's about to go down. And that's where everything starts to bubble. The what ifs, the who knows, the how's it going to go and what's this you're going to bring and and how are my kids going to function this year versus last year can be very, very anxiety inducing. And that's such a great point. Like last year compared to this year, your kids are changing. The world is changing. So what was anxiety producing for them one year might be completely different the next year. Yeah. And, you know, the past couple of years when they might not have had to go to school because of the pandemic, you know, that was a different stressor. And now maybe schools are open. I think a lot of them schools are open now or having hybrids or whatever situation is in your area. Getting used to that, having a couple of years off from that as well is even more pressure because you haven't really had to do it for a couple of years, uh, maybe at least a one or one and a half years. And now you have to really relearn what works for you in that morning routine and that night routine to get things kind of the ball rolling when it comes to the stress level. So let's unpack this because we've got this big old ball of stress that's going on and the whole family is wrapped up in it. Yeah. So where do you start? Do you start taking care of yourself or do you start with your kids or how do you start untangling that? Yeah. So for me, one of the biggest things I would suggest is if you do have a partner in crime in your life, I would sit down and talk to them. 
sit down and talk to them and say, okay, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what's going on. How can we make this work? Because whether it's the mom, the dad, two moms, two dads, whatever the structure of the family unit is, stress is across all human beings. So, and of course, parents and their children. So create a team, create a unit. Don't just leave it all to yourself. And especially if your kids are old enough, figure out how to include them in it. So let's say, for example, a big stressor is packing lunches or breakfast in the morning when it's just like, go, go, things are flying. It's overwhelming. You're getting dressed. They're getting dressed. You, got, you haven't had your coffee yet. It's just nutso. Chaos. And chaos, <laughs> yeah. right? So make a team effort, right? What can you do the night before that relieves the stress? What can your partner do as well as you? So it's not just on you because that's unfair and unrealistic because your life matters as much as everyone else, no matter what your responsibilities are outside of the home. So make a game plan. Every single sports team in the history of the world before a game, make a game plan before the game so they don't get to it and go, well, we weren't prepared for this. <laughs> we I don't didn't know how know to deal with this. We didn't know they had that, right? No, no, no. You should have prepared and we should prepare as parents. So it means sitting down, making a game plan, maybe a schedule, maybe a rotation. Maybe it means sitting with your kids. If you have kids in high school who are older, who don't need as much micromanaging and on top of them to get them out of the door. Like I have a three-year-old daughter. I can't let her get her breakfast herself. That's just not going to happen. We're going to have fruit by the foot every single morning and she can reach it and we haven't moved it yet. So not ideal, right? So you maybe include the older kids to wash the younger kids or have the older kids make their own breakfast. So you don't have to, maybe it means setting up the clothes the night before who knows. There are many ways that have to work for you and your family. And then once you get the game plan down, try your best to trial and error. If it doesn't work, don't be stuck on it. Switch it up. Be flexible. Try a different formula. Make it work for you and your family and make sure that it doesn't all fall on you. And that can be tough because even though you set up this game plan, it's like, this is how we're going to do it. We have old patterns and it gets really easy to fall back into those and all these great intentions of we're going to, you know, distribute the responsibility just kind of goes out the window and one person is back to doing the whole thing. So how do you, you know, keeping with a sports team, how do you do these little huddles to like keep everybody in the game all the time? That's the struggle of communication and relationships and family, right? It means constantly checking in. You know, when I grew up, my family always had dinner together, which I found out wasn't a uh, regular thing. But that means if things feel out of whack, if you are really uncertain or overwhelmed. It doesn't mean that others aren't doing anything. It just means that you need to talk to them to see what has to be rebalanced and equilibrium amongst everyone. So just checking in and say, hey, you know, I've been feeling like I've been falling back or, or I just feel like things are kind of out of whack recently. Uh, is it just me or, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I haven't really been pulling, I've been busy. Communicate, talk it out. And sometimes the biggest key, like you said before, is starting with yourself to become aware of your old patterns so that you can have a checks and balances with your partner to say, hey, can you keep a lookout to see if I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z that I always do that ends up making me overwhelmed, that makes me stressed, and then I put so much pressure on myself, and then I yell, and I scream, and blah, 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 blah. So just start by becoming aware in the ideas that are running your life, and then, oh my goodness, when you start becoming aware and self-reflective, the patterns that you can recreate and become aware of the old patterns to kind of stop them in their tracks can be something that de-stresses and creates a better functioning you 
that's really, really fun to see. And just that idea of creating a routine eliminates so much anxiety. Why is that? Tell us how that works. Sure, because our brains are made to function on consistency and routine. When things are the unknown, right? What's going to happen next? That's not what we need for survival. Our brains are bred and are coded for survival. And survival equals, I know what's going to happen, so I know how to deal with it. And if I don't know how to deal with it, I'm going to freak out. My brain's going to go in survival mode and start to panic. It is the natural tendency that we do and go to when things are uncomfortable, overwhelming, and unknown. But when we can create a somewhat, right, because we can't make everything perfect and nothing's ever perfect, but a somewhat assumed or knowledge of what can be every day, then we know what to expect. We know how to attack it. We know how to defend it. We know how to figure out and weave and navigate what's going to come. That's why it's super important to know your own schedule, your kid's schedule, and everyone's on the same wavelength and the same game plan. So you know how to weave and dodge and move from any potential stressors because you know what's going to come. And as we hit that end of summer, is it good to do it like this fast pivot or how can we ease into it? So it's not such an abrupt, oh, hey, it's summertime. We're having a great time. And all of a sudden, well, it's gone. Now you're not going to have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Labor Day is like that. Turning that point. Start, the us. turning point. So it really depends on the person. Some people are good on the fly, right? Some people are good with, we got this next day. We're done. We're ready. We're good. We're golden. And some people need two weeks or three weeks to prepare. It really depends on the person. And the fun thing about anxiety is that even if you prepare, it still might come up because life can be stressful and uncertain. So it also means having compassion with yourself that even if you either do it last minute or you do it in the right time for you, it doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden erase any anxieties that might come up. It just means that you're better equipped to handle it. And it also means that if it does come up, that you need to give yourself a lot of compassion, that you're just doing your best. I think we forget that sometimes as parents. We forget that it is so hard to run our own lives, and now we're responsible for little humans and their lives, that we have to just do our best. And as long as they are healthy, alive, and out the door in school, if their socks aren't matching, it's not the end of the world. If they don't have the most nutritious snacks, but they are happy with their snacks, not the end of the world. If they get to school and they're doing well in school, that is the key. If they're making friends and socializing, but all the little things that we overwhelm ourselves with and stress about usually aren't the biggest deal, but we make them a big deal because our brain is so easily focused on those small things as quote unquote failures or mistakes or issues that we hyper-focus on them and make ourselves, eat ourselves alive by them. So give yourself some grace and compassion to let go sometimes and realize that your kids are doing the best they can, you're doing the best they can. And as long as they're getting out of the door and healthy, you are a successful parent. Well, let's talk about social anxiety for kids because that's a huge problem right now. And if a child has that, then going back to school can be really traumatizing for them. Yeah. So what are some ways, one, how does a parent differentiate between a child just being anxious about, you know, a little nervous about going back to school and Mm -hmm. having an actual social anxiety situation that needs a little bit more attention. Yeah. I think the first thing is sitting down with your kids, open-ended questions about their new school year, 
right? Asking them not just yes or no questions, but leading questions to understand and learn about them. Your goal as a parent is to help your kids grow and to understand them and be there with them through that journey. And every kid's got the jitters before school. I know I did. First day of work, first day of school, all that firsts is can be very, because you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's going to bring into this year, into this semester, into the new teachers, the new classmates potentially, or even the new you that you've figured out over the summer. So sit down and say, hey, what are you looking forward to this year? Nothing. No, no, no. We don't take single, single word answers. We got to have real conversations. And it means sitting there and saying, hey, I got your back. I'm going to be there to support you. I want to make sure you're okay. Being a little nervous about school in general is really healthy. Even having some social anxiety can be a survival tool if you feel in danger or unsafe. So if they come out to say that, find out why. Is there a bullying class? Is there a teacher that they really don't like or a class that they're really nervous about failing? And if it really is that serious, I beg of you to get help earlier than later. Because the later you do it, they are building habits and patterns in their life, in their brain, to avoid the situations more than confronting and dealing with them in a healthier way to navigate and cope with it. But social anxiety makes sense, right? We've been hiding for how many years? Um, yeah, and all a of a couple. sudden, a couple, right? Now we have to go into the real world. But also you have to learn about your kid. Each kid is their own unique universe. So... Don't be frantic and and get scared right away when they're a little anxious about social world. Maybe they're growing. Maybe they got a crush at school. Maybe they're going through puberty and uncertain about their bodies or themselves. It has nothing to do with anxiety, anxiety, but more about uncertainty of self-confidence and self-esteem. So really just start learning, watching, paying attention to your kids, being in the moment, being present, putting your stuff down and focusing on your kids and really kind of being aware and when you start becoming aware of your kids and, and asking the right questions, you can really learn how to help them. Yeah. And are there any things that can be done in the morning, like practices you can do in the morning? As we've said already, it's just chaos trying to get out the door. Everybody, make sure you have your lunch, make sure you've got this, and we're going to get everywhere on time. And that in itself can spike your anxiety. So what are some things maybe that can be done realistically? Because we know it's, there's a lot to get done in the morning. What are some practices that can be implemented with children to kind of make that easier? Yeah, for sure. I feel like we get a lot of hate from parents right now, but maybe it means waking up a little bit early yourself, right? Because I think a lot of times what happens to parents is that they're so frazzled with the morning routine that because they're frazzled and kind of on edge, they're kind of embracing that that feeling a little bit and maybe mm-hmm. projecting it or expressing it some way or another on their kids, which then rubs off on them. And then it's just chaos ensues. So waking up 15, 20 minutes earlier than what your kids and when your kids are supposed to wake up or their alarms can be the difference maker of you having your morning coffee alone, quiet and calm. So I would one, start there as a parent. The other thing you can do prior to the day even starting the night before Prep a little bit. 30 minutes of prep the night before can be the biggest difference of any insanity that can be created the next day. And I know we have long days, myself included. My wife and I do our best to try to prepare as much as we think we can or we have the energy to. And if we don't have the energy to, that's okay. But if we do have the energy, go for it. So let's talk about like at the end of the day when you kind of, everybody's in the house. Are there any 
practices that families can use to kind of stay in touch with where everyone's anxiety levels are, kind of a check in, and then also just create more calm that sets it up for the next day? Yeah, I'm a big fan, and I always said this earlier, of like eating together as mm-hmm. much as possible, so even if it's once or twice a week. But if you can, try to have one or two dinners a night where you actually, everyone puts their phones down and you just talk. No pressure. Just to hear what your kids, not how was your day? What was the favorite part of your day? Right? Remember, open-ended questions. Right? How was your day? Fine. Right? One-ended. It's that <laughs> one word. What was your favorite part of the day? Oh, and I went with recess with my best friend, Joe, and I really had a great time playing kickball. Or what was the hardest part of your day? Right? Just to learn and hear about what they have to say. Creating a conversation with the family. I'm a big fan of game nights or movie night, something that is family oriented. Also just be conscious of how long your kids give it a couple of weeks. Don't force it because the beginning is a lot for their brains. So don't be offended if they're just tired and overwhelmed. Give it time. Don't push it. It's about the relationship and about the connection long-term and not about forcing a scenario right now. For all of our best efforts, sometimes it doesn't go like we would want it to. When does a parent know that they need to get help as a family or that a child might need, their anxiety might need outside help? If it's out of your purview, if you realize that you are just out of your depth and the school can't deal with it anymore or the school keeps talking to you about, hey, your kid's just not themselves. You know your kid better than anyone else. You're there with them every day. You've been with them every day of their lives. Open your eyes. Open your heart and open your mind to see them for who they are right now. And if you see that they are not themselves, it doesn't hurt to just call someone to talk to them. And after one or two assessments or sessions, the therapist says, your kid's great. They're just bop, bop, bop. Now you know. And if they say, hey, maybe they need a little extra talking to, you did your due diligence. It never hurts. But your kid, I want to make this very, very adamantly clear. Your kid is never broken. That needs to be fixed. Your kid might need some space that is not you that can help them. It doesn't mean that they're broken and no one can fix them because they're not a problem and it means put back together. It's not a puzzle that broke. So be aware, be conscious and open your minds, hearts and eyes to your kids. And if you see they're not themselves, talk to somebody. And if you can't help yourself, find someone who can. So as we go into the school year and the summer, get it all cranked up. What is the one thing that you really hope parents take away from this? What is the thing that you want them to keep first and foremost in their minds? Take a breath, make a plan, do your best. That's it. Just take a breath, make a plan, and do your best. That was therapist Ellie Weinstein talking about how to curb end of summer anxiety. If you'd like to learn more about Ellie, listen to his Dude Therapist podcast or follow him on social media, visit our website at livehappy.com and click on the podcast tab. And if you haven't visited our Live Happy store in a while, this is your friendly reminder that we have several cool new items to help you celebrate your positivity, including our fabulous new Live Happy Now podcast t-shirts and some brand new journals. Check them out when you visit our store at livehappy.com. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.